Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to ScoutCast, brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. As always, you are joined by me, Andy, FPL Mode, after Game Week 1, because Game Week 1 is now almost in the books, although Man United are playing at the moment. So we do apologise if every now and again our head moves. If you're listening on the pod, then it's not on. We're, not, you know, we're that professional, we're not even watching the game. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Seb. How is it going, Seb? Hey, mate. Really good, thank you. Really good. Lovely to... Uh... To meet you digitally once again, once again, after meeting you uh, in reality only a few days ago. I know. Yeah, we obviously both went to fest. We were gutted to not have Rich there, but um, me and you were there. We were kind of representing Scoutcast, weren't we? And um, yeah, it was it was a good night, wasn't it? It was lovely. It was it was good to put so many faces and I guess like you know bodies below shoulders to voices that we've all known for for so very long <laughs> it's a weird thing to say Seb. <laughs> you can do that happened? however you like mate i i will speak no more what what happened after one and a half exactly years. gentleman never tells mate uh and yeah. rich obviously you weren't there with us but you were there in spirit uh we missed you being there but how's your game week one gone so far yeah i mean first of all yeah i was gutted not to not to come although from what seb said maybe maybe it's best i best i didn't yeah um, get Game, game week one's been all right, actually. I think yeah. it's been all right for a lot of people. It's been, there's not been any huge swings. No, they, I think. Carry on, sorry, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think at one stage, it looked like the Saliba against Gabriel thing was mm. going to be huge. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't wasn't too bad in the end. It was no worse than, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to mention this again, when Edison and Saka didn't get given their assist last season. Yeah. You know, it's not much worse than something like that happening. Let it no, go. Exactly. Let it go. Never. <laughs> and Seb, how's yours doing so far? So game week one, obviously, like I said, we've got one game left on now. How's it going so far? Yeah, it's all right. Um, I think I'm a little bit behind both of you, which means a little bit behind most people. But it's one of those, I don't have Gabriel. Oh, so I do have Gabriel. I don't have Saliba. I played James over Chilwell. James over Chilwell, whatever. And I have Gabriel and not Saliba because I literally ignored you at 25 past six when you told me he was out. I was talking <laughs> to someone and Andy was like, Seb, Seb, Gabriel's out, you know, I'm going to do Saliba. And I was like, OK, cool. And then I just didn't do anything. That was it. So that, that is entirely on me. Uh, but yeah, all right. You know, much of a muchness. Got all the same players that other people have. Edison, yeah. get the clean sheet with many other goalkeepers didn't. So I will take that to the bank and... Uh, and savor it for when he does it next week. Do you remember last season when Seb, you were talking about for, for weeks on end about not doing too many transfers during the unlimited transfers at the World Cup because if there's a tiebreaker, that's going to end up <laughs> yeah. costing you. Not listening to Andy has cost you way more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, then I would have had to listen to Andy. So I say this every <laughs> week, boys. You don't listen to me enough. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, moving on to my week. Yeah, my week's got OK so far. I've got three playing tonight. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on. Uh, and apart from that, like Seb's just said there, 
I locked in on Friday morning because I didn't want to do any transfers after having a few pints. And then Stones wasn't playing. And then we got the news that Gabrielle wasn't playing. This is, by the way, we didn't get this from anybody that is like our own source. This was us just us getting it from general Twitter. <laughs> We're struggling to get it from general Twitter because we didn't have a lot of um, internet access at first. And yeah, then we were going outside. I think it was 6.28 my Gabriel de Saliba move went through. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's good fun, isn't it? This is what FPL is all about. Um, yeah, the Yobel internet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was like being at home. It was terrible. <laughs> going to London as 5G and I couldn't get anything. Um, anyway, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Well, obviously there is an awful lot to talk about tonight. Before I say anything though, and Seb, you're going to commend me for saying this, Everything we look at tonight is a small sample size, okay? So don't oh. take everything for gospel. But obviously we have some stats to have a little bit of a look at anyway. So we're going to have a look at our points and see how we're getting on this week. Although we've already kind of discussed that, so we won't go into it in too much detail. We're going to be looking at Chilwell and James. They are top of the hype train at the moment, uh, including one other player, which we'll talk about later as well. But Chilwell and James, we do want to talk about. And Seb had a few uh, interesting observations while he was watching the game. We're going to be looking at the players that performed over expectations based on XG and also look at those players that maybe performed under expectations based on the XG they put up this, this week. We're going to be looking at Team XG and Team XGC. So how teams did in terms of getting shots off and how teams did defensively getting shots off with one team in particular who did quite poor. Then we're going to look at the over and unders for the next three weeks. So I'm going to give the boys some over and under scores and they're going to see whether they would like to go over or under those scores. Then we're going to look at our teams and how they're set up. And we've also got the community team, which I think did quite well. Shout out to anybody that is from the community team in the chat. Yes, you're doing quite well at the moment. Uh, thank you as well for anybody that saw us at Fest and came up and said hello. We try to say hello to as many people as possible, but obviously it was very busy. But thank you so much if you've been watching and you, and you came and spoke to us. Right. So first point then. At the moment, I am on 67 points. I had Pickford in goal with two points, which people are already telling me was a mistake after one game week, but we'll see after a couple more weeks. Uh, I've got Shaw, who's playing tonight. Uh, Shaw came in for Stones late on Friday. Saliba, who came in late for Gabriel, who could have had a monster haul at one point, but uh, settled for the five points. Estupanan with seven. Martinelli with five. Rashford, who's playing now. Matoma with five. Bruno, who's playing now, Saka with 10, Harlem with 26, and Pedro with 7. I had Chilwell on the bench, Colwell on the bench, and Osula on the bench, uh, with Turner as well there. Uh, Chilwell obviously getting me 7 points, but I, I I set up my team quite a while ago when I wasn't going to be playing Chilwell, so I'm, I'm content with the fact he was there on my bench. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying watching him against Liverpool, uh, but we are. I won't talk too much about that because I know, like I said, Seb wants to talk to us a little bit later about Chilwell and James. So 67 points with three to play. I'll take it. More than happy with that. Uh, Rich, moving on to your points. Talk us through how you've done so far. Yeah, so I'm on 70 points um, with three playing right now. So Shaw, Bruno and, and Rashford. So I'll probably end on what, 76 or so. So I'll be pretty happy with that. Um, my team, it's, it's not too different to yours or to many other people's. I've got, um, went for the Pickford and Turner combo in goal. Estupinan, um, who everyone seems to have with James and Chilwell on the bench. Hmm. Um, then I, because of Diaz and Gabriel, um, so Diaz, I decided to go for sure after a lot of thought, someone I'd not even considered yeah. um, most of the, you know, most of the preseason. And then when we found out the Gabriel news, I switched to, to Libra, 
then I just thought this is so boring. So I switched to Rico Lewis um, in, <laughs> Love instead, it. instead. Instead, <laughs> I actually had because of Praz. I'd actually done a little flowchart of things to do. You know, depending nice. on news. Next to Rico Lewis, I've just got Rico Lewis starts be sensible. But, <laughs> and you forgot but I wasn't, and yeah. it saved a little bit of money as well. Um, yeah. My midfield I've got Mbumo, Martinelli, Saka, Rashford, and Bruno. The only real decision there, I couldn't decide between you know, Martinelli, Odegaard, and Havertz. Mm. I'm obviously pretty happy just going for Martinelli. Yeah, it's kind of that mid mid price. Um, and then I Harland's captain and Gal Pedro up nice. top. With a million in the bank. The only thing I slightly regret is I did consider Pickford to Edison and then having double city defence. Mm. But I can see that I'm just hoping there's something to spend that million on in the coming weeks because otherwise I'm going to be totting up in my mind, you know, everything Edison does over the Pickford and Turner combo. Yeah. I'm going to be totting that up. And I can see Seb nodding because I think he might have one. He might have gone Edison again. I know what you mean. That was the only thing. I think it's because it came so late and because I was about eight points down at the time. But I had 1.5 in the bank as well. And I'm just thinking, oh, should I have used that? But you're probably thinking the same as me, though. You're looking at maybe some of your midfielders and some of these players we're going to be talking about tonight and thinking it's probably going to be a quite a bit easier to get to those players. So they, there's there's pros and cons. That's the thing. I did want to keep it. But I didn't know if Yal Pedro would be... I didn't know, again, small sample, we're going to hit yeah. saying that, but it's only one game. Yeah. He looked good. He played more minutes than I thought. Yeah. So maybe I won't need my fourth, fifth defender as much as I thought. Yeah. Also, it was so panicked when we got the Gabriel news. So only because I went Gabriel to Lewis did I even have the money to do Pickford then up to yeah. up to Edison. I just didn't have enough time to think about it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and Seb, moving on to yours then. I do like how all our teams look slightly different by the end of the deadline, which is quite nice. Uh, talk us through yours, including an interesting choice with your Chelsea wing-backs there. Yeah. Um, Edison and goal, which is, which is comfy enough. I think I said I was going to go there. I actually wasn't on the night. I had Vardiel mm, yeah. and a cheap goalkeeper. I, I think I might have had a goalkeeper rotation still in Pickford, probably. With, obviously, Stones was out, but so was Vardiel. I very easily just happy to go back to Edison, no problem at all there. And I think I went to Baldock, which meant I played Rhys James, I think. Uh, I could have played Jill Should have played Jill maybe in hindsight. Talk about them and how Chelsea looked a little bit later. But that would have given me a few points. But I don't mind that at all. It was a bit of a coin toss as I saw it. So I'm happy to be on the wrong side of it. Gabriel, a bit more annoying. Mentioned that one. Probably should have made the switch to Saliba rather than ignoring you, or at least done something about it. <laughs> Saliba got himself an assist. So uh, I was happy when they conceded, but Saliba got himself an assist. I love so. the fact it isn't you misheard me or anything. It's like you intentionally. I just straight, I just straight ignored you. Me. Yeah, I just straight ignored you. That was. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I have no excuse. It's just big, I guess. Um, Esteban and as everyone else there as well. Uh, Rashford and Bruno playing tonight. Vice captain Saka, who got himself a lovely goal. That was the Saliba assist, wasn't it? It was one of those pass it sideways. The player does all the work. Is that yeah. brilliant? Thanks. Uh, I did go with Havertz over Martinelli. Another one, a bit like James and Chilwell, that just don't mind. Havertz will move on in a couple of weeks. Martinelli's assist came from messing up a skill and it falling to Enketia. So uh, fair enough. Like I, I can't predict that, that stuff. Mbumo with the penalty, which is very pleasing. Harlan captain, like everyone else. And Jao Pedro, who I was probably slightly more bullish on than most. Mostly just because sticking his numbers into uh, a few of the tools, like the the scout members area and uh, review. I had his minutes in, in my own head higher than many other people. So I think the defaults for some of the models were about 40 minutes, which meant he wasn't recommended. Mm. I stuck him up to about 60 and he came out nicely. That was all the confirmation bias I needed. He did, in fact, take the penalty that we thought 
he might have been on, which is which is lovely confirmation. And I think my main takeaway from the first week, just for me personally, is, you know, minutes and penalties are just as big as ever. Yeah. And of course, it won't happen every week, but that's kind of where I've done well in my team. And then the bench is cheap players and Chilwell, who obviously I should have played, but I'm not too fussed about that. Well, that's a nice little segue because obviously... Oh, I have 1.5 about... in the bank as well, I should say. So, so, so I've ruined your segue. You I did. Have one, I have 1.5 in the bank, which was actually an important part of this team. Jao Pedro could become Jackson. Uh, Havertz can go all the way up to a nine or any other midfielder. And actually, what I think I might end up doing at some point was the plan anyway, was Gabriel to like a trippier. So a key part of the team was the ability in a couple of weeks' time to make one of those moves. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Andy, back over to you. <laughs> that's all right. Talking about that nice little segue, James and Chilwell. Um, so you were just mentioning there a few times. You played James. You feel like maybe you should have played Chilwell. When we were watching the game yesterday, it was absolutely terrifying as somebody that had Chilwell first on my bench, watching the positions he was getting into. And apart from VAR obviously stepping in and stopping that goal that he had as well, just after his assist, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So Seb, you just want to talk us through a little bit what we've seen what we saw in that game, and whether we're going to continue to see it. Sure. So I went James coin toss, no problem there. This is this is not trying to you know retroactively justify any of that. Of course, uh, this all starts really with I guess a tweet from up on the screen here at Blue Footy, so a Chelsea account you would imagine, uh, just talking about how Pochettino was asked after the match about oh you know you played three at the back despite playing four at the back most of preseason, and he actually corrected the person who asked this question and said I played four two three one. And I played Chilwell at left wing in order to deal with Trent Alexander-Arnold stepping into the midfield with Colwell at left back. He then went on, I believe, to say, or at least it was it was inferred, that however this then ended up on the pitch was more the player's interpretation of his instructions rather than necessarily literally his instructions. So what we have here then is from the scout members area, we have the average positions of Chelsea's team. And I think there's a nice little exercise here where, you know, you could definitely see that as three at the back. But if he says it's four at the back, you also can make this four at the back. And I think quite nicely, especially if we go back to when we were looking at this last week, two weeks mm -hmm. ago, two weeks just ago. looking at Chelsea's preseason shape. There's that back four, which is Rhys James, the two centre-backs, and then Colwell at left-back. The the pivot in the midfield, Gallagher uh, <laughs> and uh, Enzo in there. Yeah. Uh, and then this three behind Jackson. I say behind Jackson. Jackson is dropping in there. But again, we did point that out last week, which is a nice little confirmation that that shape is probably... What we're looking at sterling the most advanced but 21 is is chillwell there if they are playing three at the back with reese james and chillwell as the wing backs which is also something you could absolutely argue by looking at that shape then chillwell looks terrifyingly advanced if they're playing four at the back then chillwell is a left winger and that looks exactly how the left winger should look so i think the interesting thing here is we couldn't necessarily have predicted that chillwell would be that advanced and if you if you saw that and were worried, I would say, don't be so worried. Going forwards, it is likely that Chilwell is going to be a left-back in a back four, with Rhys James obviously right-back. And in pre-season, we saw Rhys James being a little uh, more depressed in his position, with Chilwell the further forward. Not that Rhys James was too far back, though. Um, compared, obviously, here, where Rhys James is the much further forward than Colwell, but then that's probably just how they're going to play their positions relative to their own understanding and, of course, relative to how Chilwell is going to play. But my takeaway being as well, just at the bottom of the screen here on the right, we have the underlying numbers. Chilwell with the greater goal threat, Rhys James with the greater assist threat, which I think is probably all how we understand they play their positions. Rhys James just edges it in terms of the XGI, but obviously this is a one-game sample, so I'm not putting that forward as a 
project this over the season, but more just a way to interpret what we saw on the day and what we might see going forwards. And if you wanted a one-line takeaway, I am excited to own both, and I would encourage others, fitness allowing, to do the same come game week three. So what do you think then, Rich? Because genuinely, like I said, watching that game, Reese James, interestingly, has slightly better stats in terms of his XGI, but it was Chilwell that I was watching I was absolutely terrified of in terms of his average position and getting into the box. And we said it pre-season, didn't we, that he's more of the goal scorer, Reese James more of the assister, which I think we saw as well. If you had neither, which one would you be prioritising? And how quickly would you be prioritising them? Oh, that's tricky. Because like, like you said, Chilwell does have the more goal threat. Yeah. Reese does have more assist threat like we talked about pre-season the stuff and if you ignored you know if you covered chill up like close your eyes cover chill up you'd want james just just based on the stats in the one game mm-hmm. based on the 15 games we played last year as well um i think to answer your question it's harder than you think i think i think it's going to be chill and i think 99 percent of people you ask would say chill as well yeah but it's just the fact that james could have penalties and obviously, they've got a very good fixture run. We might not find out till midway through this fixture run who it's going to be. And then you basically got a nine-point penalty because of the bonus points that James is going to accrue if he, if he takes it. And that's why I know Seb started James over Chilwell. I also have both. My first sub was James over, over Chilwell, and it was because of the penalties. Um, so I think I would, I think I would go Chilwell. Yeah, but it could change very, very, very quickly, and I'd, I'd want both. I mean, that's why I did make some sacrifices game week one, like not having Edison, so that I've got both ready. Yeah, that's and enough. obviously as an owner of both, I didn't even, you know, I knew this could be a possibility, but I never accounted for it. And even if, well, I mean, Seb's saying Poch is saying they played the back four, but regardless, I'd have wanted both. So yeah, I think things have got better since yesterday as a double Chelsea defence owner. You... And we should add as well that James got 76 minutes here, Chilwell 89, yes. which I believe James was only subbed off just because minutes were managed as opposed to any injury or anything. Assuming games are going the way Poch wants, that could be a very repeatable pattern, right? So even if James were getting was getting better per per minute numbers, you might prefer Chilwell because you're more likely to get the 90 out of him. Yeah. Um, Caicedo going to make any kind of difference? It shouldn't make any difference to the wing back, should it? should make Chelsea, in theory, better defensively. Um, Let's see how they shaped up. I think that Liverpool match, both teams were probably lacking, uh, funnily enough, the same player. They were both lacking, Caicedo. Now Chelsea have got both, him and Lavia, it seems. (laughs) So I don't know what Liverpool are going to do. But I think trying to take too much more away from that game, which I I appreciate the irony of someone who's just, you know, put a picture on the screen. But hopefully this is more structural than trying to say, you know, this is what we'll see forever. I, I think... Chelsea look, looked good, but one game where teams are still betting in for the season, both teams will maybe lacking a key midfielder. Let's revisit this again in a few weeks' time, especially if signings are made. Yeah. And Rich, before we move off Chelsea here, Nicholas Jackson as well. Um, obviously blanked, got one point. I think some owners might be looking out there and thinking, oh, you know, especially when you have players like Pedro did it. And did he impress you? Do you feel like he's somebody that is now going to be on your watch list? I think a lot of that depends on Pedro and depends on Watkins. Depends mm. on the two players we own at the moment. Because obviously Watkins, Villa have got, you know, Everton at home. I think we can discount the game. Well, not discount it, but let's see how they do against Everton. You'll suspect yeah. they do very well. Pedro has another, you know, slightly impressive game, puts up the numbers, puts up more importantly the minutes. 
Yeah. I don't think I'd bother trying to free up the 1.5 because Chelsea, all the value in that team is is Chilwell, James. I mean, obviously with the back four, is Colwell going to play? Probably. So he's great value. Sanchez depends on what backup keeper or what, well, what goalkeeper Chelsea sign. Yeah. Um, he could be great value as well. I see all the value in defence, and I've kind of gone off Sterling after after yesterday. It's only taken me a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sterling's... I can see the appeal of Jackson, but I think it depends so much on what Watkins and Pedro Pedro do, because otherwise you've got to do so much surgery. Um, Sterling was a really interesting one because I think. In terms of FPL, he solidified for me that he's not an option at the moment with the way he's playing. But in terms of how important he is for that Chelsea system, I thought he was really important. The way he was tucking in and obviously letting James go past him and all that, I, I thought he played really well and he played in a really mature way as well. And I think that's not good for FPL, so I won't talk about no, that No, that's long. what that was my point, sorry. But I'd I, never but, slag off Sterling. No, but, I know, I, mean, I know. Yeah. But, but I agree, <laughs> I mean, and actually, he's, he's, that, he's the litmus paper, isn't he? He's that, do you watch someone like Sterling and go, actually he's playing really well or do you go oh he hasn't returned he hasn't done very well and actually he played really well for Chelsea but it's like you said there's so much value in defense and I'm a Colwell owner I loved how great he looked in terms of passing like I feel like he could be racking up a although that bonus as well so if they keep a clean sheet and James and Chilwell don't do anything I feel like Colwell could be up there with a bonus so I was quite happy owning him too yeah I mean honestly I think we could be looking at a triple up in defense I guess a lot of it's going to depend on if Jackson scores or not next week. Yeah. But, you know, that's it. That tends to be how it goes. Yeah, big time. Or, or if he takes a penalty, obviously then he bumps up massively. Yeah, big time. Sorry to keep talking about penalties, but this is the biggest dilemma is Chelsea because we're coming into this amazing run of fixtures for them and then for Spurs. Yeah. And we don't know the penalty takers. And I, t- I tell you as well, another player that impressed me, but it's been it's going to be so hard to get him in because we can't fit any more midfielders in and we're looking at the wing-backs for, you know, um, for value and even someone like Jackson. Enzo Fernandez could have a season as well. He was incredibly good that night, I thought. And if he's going to be pushed further forward because of Caicedo and he's playing that kind of, you know, pivot with him, the other thing is, I guess, even someone like Gallagher, if he starts playing behind, <laughs> uh, playing in that attacking midfield, they just seem to have so many options around everywhere but like you said, the value does seem to be in defence more than anything else. Yeah, and I think we're going to struggle to have enough spots for midfielders in a couple yeah, of weeks. So that's so. where I think Enzo... I think by the time we know if Enzo's an asset, and he he might be, I'm going to say probably not. I don't want another Gundogan to happen again. <laughs> by the time we know their good fixtures run, yeah. end. Because they want, they've got an incredible run, then they've got an awful run. Yeah, exactly. So I think the I time think to the... move is now. And if if you get on the wrong one, so what? It happens. Yeah. I think the thing I'd need from Enzo is like him having penalties, which I, you said a minute ago, sorry to talk about penalties. I'd never be sorry to talk about penalties. I think <laughs> with, with with where we are at now with fantasy football, right? With so many people putting out great stuff, talking about the game, with so many managers understanding it so well, with, with such a good handle on how we can use numbers and stuff to, you know, project scores. I think one of the very few edges, but big edges left is predicting the minutes of players, predicting the tactical setups, uh, and then you know penalties. If you if you can get on players who have got minutes penalties and they're in a relatively favourable position, you've got a very very good team. And I hate to mention it again, but last season with Isak against Wilson, I guess that kind of confirms how, you know how important I guess predicting minutes are and predicting penalties because that was literally both, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And how important it is if Seb picks you 
because you're just going to have to do well then, aren't you? Uh, right, <laughs> moving on to our next I'm section. Third out of the three of us, I think. So I don't know about that this week, my friend. Where was, the, that? Where was Kai Havertz? Come on. These are our overachievers uh, this week. So the players that maybe didn't accrue as much XG or XGI as we were expecting, but they still got points and they still got returns. So uh, top of it is Haaland. Uh, I think we could, we're could. we not really going to talk about him too much. The two finishes were lovely. We know he can do it. We all own him. I think he's now over 90% owned, which is just ridiculous. But Gosh. there you go. So we won't talk about him too much. But uh, Rodri's also there. Isak, funnily enough, is there. He is the highest brought-in player this week so far. He is the only player that's gone up in price. Uh, so he is now oh, 7.6, I think is his price now. Um, Madison's next. Madison did very well in terms of obviously assists, but he got more than we were expecting. Uh, I mean, I so guess you don't get much XA for trying to dive and then getting tackled, do you? Oh, Rich. I mean, it's uh, true. He was, go he was going <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I wasn't judging Madison. I was just saying... No, I know, I know. Stats. Um, Harvey Barnes is next. Obviously, he had, only had a what, 25-minute cameo and did incredibly well with his goal and assist. Uh, Emerson Royale, then Eddie Ninketcher, Martinelli and Adingra from uh, uh, Brighton. Now, Rich, if I go to you first, my friend, uh, looking at this list, anybody here, again, small sample size, we say this over and over again, but is there anybody here that um, maybe we should temper expectations for because they maybe overachieved a little bit in game week one? I mean, I can see why all of these are on here. Like yeah. Emerson Royal, that's pretty, like pretty, pretty, pretty obvious why. <laughs> um, I mean, the obvious ones would be like Rodri. Yeah. Um, you you get the X mins, but I don't think you're going to get get the output like that every week. No. Um, I I don't take too much away from a lot of these. I was actually eyeing up very early on Archer to Inketia, for example, yeah. but I think it's just too risky. I basically talked myself out of it within about two hours because we're going to have Jesus coming back is Nketiah definitely going to start as well? So the same problems we had game week one, the same reason we didn't pick Nketiah yeah. game week one. Although I think Jesus, his return to play is a bit quicker since mm -hmm. the deadline, yeah. as in there was pretty positive update from Maybe the United game, I think. Arteta, yeah, I think that's what he's targeting. Yeah. Um, no, there's just, I mean, like you say, it's a very, very small sample size. I don't think anyone's going to be getting carried away because, I mean, Adringo came off the bench. Yeah, Martinelli. I said Madison got lucky with his second assist, but obviously Martinelli. Seb touched on it earlier. He got lucky, um, you know, with, with his assist. Harvey Barnes again came off the bench. Yeah, he did. Um, Isak, the the minutes. I mean, the games coming up, they're horrific. The reason no one had Isak, I saw people saying, "Why did I not go for Isak?" But I mean, you look at the next three fixtures, and that yeah. that's why you didn't. And also, we didn't go for him because shock horror. What happened? Callum Wilson came on with thirty minutes to go and you know, returned. And it's, uh, that's what keeps happening, isn't it? That's the thing. I mean, if one of them was nailed, we wouldn't be having this discussion about Yao Pedro. We wouldn't be talking about Jackson. We'd just have Haaland and Newcastle striker. Yeah. Exactly. Well, maybe not with the fixtures. Actually, maybe even with the fixtures, if they were 90-minute men on penalties. But... <laughs> Um, Alpine saying, I love Andy's regular cheeky looks up. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I am. I'm keeping looking. It's uh, it's still nil nil at the moment, 27 minutes. Someone needs to like Photoshop you with a, sp a spider in the corner. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seb, looking at this list as well, I mean, Madison is somebody that is already getting a load of hype. He did look good. Spurs were what a lot of people thought they were going to be in terms of. They're going to be so exciting going forward, but they're not going to be able to defend. And that's pretty much what we saw in that two-all. 
again, obviously it was only their first game, that could change. But Madison, you know, he was on free kicks, he was on corners, he was very integral to the way they played. He is somebody that, although he overperformed maybe in week one, we're maybe led to believe that it could continue. Yeah, I mean, they're going to sign a striker as well, which either gives us another option. Well, I say they're going to. I would imagine they will sign a striker, which either gives us another option or gives Madison another option Lukaku. for which to get points. Yeah, that's Ooh. that's the word today, which would be really interesting, wouldn't it, from yeah. an FPL point of view? You know, where do your loyalties lie there? <laughs> but even if Richarlison comes good, there's a, there's a very nice option there. Out of position, 7.0. Didn't see too much in the first game. But speaking of not seeing too much in the first game, I feel like I should just uh, expand on, we've mentioned small sample size a few times, so two main things about this table. Firstly, that's a big old table with lots of numbers. You're going to see a reduced version of this going forwards, including in the next slide in a moment. The reason we have this up on game week one is not to go, these players overperformed. They're either amazing at football or they're really lucky or you should pick them or you shouldn't. It's just an introduction to something I'd like to bring in every now and again this season when it's interesting, which is our XG over and under performers. We know we've spoken about this enough in the past, but for anyone who's not uh, not caught up, expected goals takes the value of the position on the pitch when the shot is taken and a load of other variables like goalkeeper's position, uh, defensive pressure, stuff like that, and sees out of 10,000 times, how many times does that chance type turn into a goal? And thus we can give every chance a percentage chance of turning from that chance into a goal that's represented in a decimal so like say a 0.5 is a 50 percent chance of that being a goal a penalty is about 0.78 off the top of my head 76 something like that so you can see that's a very high chance that's why people often talk about non-penalty xg as well because you want to take those penalties away to maybe understand how well a player has played of course good players tend to overperform that harland we will see him score more goals than he puts up xg this season and that's because he's really flipping good most players, however, don't overperform by very much, or if they do, it's very hard to predict. You'll see someone overperform for a season and underperform next season. And that's not saying they need to course correct or anything. It's more just the randomness of that and the fact that we really can't take over especially small sample sizes, things like you know goal conversion into account. It's why over a large sample size, we like something like XG. But over a small sample, such as one week, XG is close to unhelpful because Isak will score goals this season. At some matches, he will score two goals when, in theory, he only deserved, what is it, 0.79 or something. But typically, when a player scores two goals in a single match, they have scored more than they were expected to. And in another match, they'll put up 0.4, 0.5 and not score. That evens, evens out is the wrong phrase, but that sort of smooths out over time to where it becomes quite a useful predictive measure. So don't take any of this as a player is doing too well or too badly in this first week. It's just an introduction to something I'd like to look at. And from an FPL sense, this is a list of players we're going to see transferred in. It's a list of players who scored lots of points for very obvious reasons. Yeah. To come back to Madison, we could say he was lucky. We could say, you know, next week he's going, to, he's going to create a massive chance that someone won't convert. And so again, we need to look over a long period of time. And I will also throw in a little apology, I guess. Was it last week when I think I said... You know, oh, I wouldn't pick Madison. I'd go Kane, Son if I must go Spurs. Mm -hmm. One of you two, I think, pointed out where he was playing in preseason, how integral he was looking. If he's looking anything like the Leicester Madison in terms of pulling the strings and creating the chances, I will do a massive U-turn on that. Give Madison a look when the fixtures look nice. Maybe in a couple of weeks for me for Havertz or maybe those early wild cards. Entirely fair enough. And by then, you know, game week eight for a wild card. We're going to have a few more numbers under our belt. Nowhere near enough to judge a player in terms of their quality, 
but enough to make a punt for FBL. Yeah. And then I, putting them up on the screen now as well, this is our underachievers. These are the players where if you're looking in game week one and you're feeling a little bit hard done by, they're probably going to appear on this list. And I'm not going to lie, the guy that is top of the list, which is Mope, will probably be top of this list for most of the season <laughs> because he just cannot finish his chances. And we saw it, Everton, had so, they dominated against Fulham. They, I think they put up almost 3xG against them and they still couldn't score against them. And I th- even Everton fans said, I couldn't believe we didn't score. So we got Mopay who's at the top of this. Then uh, Pascal Grosch, Eze, Cash, Dunk, Decore, uh, Abdullah Decore, uh, Iwobi, Jackson, Welbeck and Reese James. Now, Rich, it is literally the case here, isn't it, where if you own one of these players, you could probably feel a little bit hard done by you didn't get a return in game week one. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting looking at this list because you see the same teams appearing and then you look at who their opponent was. So yeah, yeah. So you've got Everton, they were playing Fulham. You've got Brighton, they were playing Luton. Yeah. And that seems to be, yeah, most of the list. You've also got Reese James there, mm. um, you know, right, <laughs> right at the bottom as well. So yeah. but I see this list. I see this list as excluding Mopay, although I don't mind Mopay. Um, I quite liked him at Brighton, Yeah. Um, despite maybe Brighton fans not. But <laughs> I see it as a good list of players. As in, yeah. I'd almost look at this after one week and say, you know, some of these players are very, very good picks, like Eze, for example. But obviously, he was playing against Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, they've, they've got Arsenal this week. So I don't see it as a bad thing. And, that, and Jack Jackson, you mentioned earlier, you know, against Liverpool, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, you know, it's, we're not going to linger on this too long, Seb. But like you said, this is yep. something that you're going to revisit every couple of weeks to see if there's anything interesting that pops up. Yeah, this is the table to pay attention to. So Morpé, we we think he might just be a bad finisher. So he needs a lot yeah. more XG to get G. Yeah. So if he gets lots of XG, fair enough, have a look. But otherwise, Plus maybe. Calvert-Lewin, I guess, as well. When he's yeah, back. Yeah, very, very good points, actually. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin probably takes that spot, doesn't he? But over time, what this table might be interesting to say is that even if someone is a poor finisher, if they're racking up a lot of XG, for example, Darwin Nunes, you might only miss that by 10, 20%, like we were saying that can still be more than enough goals to look attractive. We'll need a bit more time, again, to have a look. But typically, players that appear on this and that we don't know are poor finishers or play for a poor team and they can't convert their chances because there's his XA as well, they could be a good look. The one that jumps out to me, if I set Rhys James aside, Bieze. Fixtures a little bit mixed, super involved. And that um, that 0.92, he got no goals or assists, but he got a combined 0.92 XG and XA. It came from something like eight shots, six chances created. So it's not like he just got one massive chance, which it could be very noisy. You know, yeah. one massive chance in the first week and none for another 10 weeks means he falls off this list and we don't care. He was constantly involved. So that would be encouraging to suggest he might keep that up, especially against the easier opponents. Yeah. And I should and you say You can wait well, penalties in, I guess, with that as well, can't you? As oh, in, yeah. there's one, maybe one and a half people on penalties on this list. Yeah. <laughs> one and a half. That's James oh, again. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Um, and a la- last little bit, there are three players who haven't appeared on either of these lists. I won't tell you who. Go look in the Scout members area. I won't tell you which list, sorry, but they are Foden and Bumo. And it was Jao Pedro. Those three appear on one of these lists. Oh, nice. Uh, and we will say as well, like, like Seb just said, um, uh, it's because they returned, I'm assuming. That's why they're not on the list, is it? No, no, no. So this isn't like goals imminent, which you should go look at. Joe does that, yeah. which is a similar idea with, you know, people are putting up good numbers and not returning. No, no, this will include people who returned as well. Um, obviously, in the first week, it's likely not to. 
but yeah, those three, those three should be on one of these lists. But I cut it off just before they arrived. So uh, and Bumo got over one, over one XG because he, he took, had took a penalty, which helps. Big chance on the penalty. Yeah, he missed the yeah. open goal, didn't he? Don't start on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, like as Seb has just said, these are all on the members area as well. So if you if you want to kind of get to grips with this, because we're doing it every couple of weeks, but if you wanted to have a look at it every week, and it, it does, it is a nice little indicator to say who is putting up some good stats, but maybe not getting the returns. So it's always a good thing to have a look at. Um, we're going to have a quick look as well at the um, XG and XGC that teams put up this week, um, just to see kind of who defensively maybe aren't as good as we're hoping and also who's putting up a lot of the chances. Uh, you can tell, you have a look at the um, results on the side and obviously most of it just marries up normally anyway. Some of the key things here that I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, more to do with is this something we're going to continue seeing moving forward. Um, Rich, the first one's Luton. We already said about Luton potentially being a poor team this year. And obviously, it's, they didn't have the best of starts. But does it say more about Brighton? Does it say more about Luton? Or is it just a bit of both? I mean, Brighton, towards the end of last season, beat some very, very good teams heavily. Mm. Um, so I, I wouldn't use that to judge Luton. I'm actually a bit disappointed we don't get to see Luton and Burnley this week. Because yeah. obviously, they had really tough fixtures this week. Now they're not going to be playing. So we're not going to really know much about them. Um, maybe a bit longer than than the other teams. So I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I mean, I'm not saying I think Luton are going to be good. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see Morris is on penalties because, um, you know, he's a 5.5. He could be a Pedro exit route once the once the blanks out of the way. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see a bit more of, of Luton and I'm interested to see more Brighton this week as well. Yeah, I am a little bit as well, because I think um, Brighton look good and I think they I think we all expect Luton to struggle this year, but it's it's always hard after that first game because teams can do it where they struggle in the first week and then they kind of find their feet. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, oh, penalty. Is that Shaw, sure, oh. the shot? Don't know. Uh, next one, Seb, I wanted to talk to you about Villa. Obviously, Villa got absolutely destroyed by Newcastle. Um, put up, but, so uh, Villa had 3.41 XGC against them. Um Sorry, we're getting completely distracted here. It's terrible. Um, is that something, especially with Mings now out, and the fact that, I mean, Mings was quite integral to the way they were playing, and obviously he's very important to them. They like playing those centre-backs as well. Might bring in another centre-back, which is Paul Torres, and obviously he's new. Does this just tell us that Newcastle are going to be a force to be reckoned with again this year, considering they've got tricky fixtures coming up? Or is it just one of those fluke... Game week one, this could happen any week. It's just happened to happen in game week one. I mean, I guess the answer is a bit of both, isn't it? We, yeah. we again offer that caveat that this is a single week and even maybe even more so than the players. This is obviously a good team against the bad, not there's this example, but it can be good teams against bad teams or whatever. So, so fixture dependent. Where this maybe is useful is just verifying if what you saw on the pitch matched up with the numbers or did the numbers match up with what you saw on the pitch so for example if you watched that game and you thought oh newcastle looked impressive well 3.41 uh, xg put up conceding 1.77 maybe you'd like them to be a little bit tighter at the back but yeah that backs up a 5-1 um obviously a team that scores five are just like a player they're often going to outperform their uh their xg but it verifies that the result was I don't want to say deserved but it was uh backed up by the underlying numbers on that day so it wasn't necessarily a fluke and then the other fixture that I think is interesting to look at is Everton there. 
So they conceded 1.5 XG here, which saw them lose 1-0 to Fulham at home. So conceding 1.5 to Fulham, it's not a disaster. You know, one match, let's see how they go over the fixtures. But you'd like them to be a bit tighter, right? If this was Christmas and we had a whole season of data behind us, maybe they've had a good fixture, you'd like them to do a bit better than that. And actually, then interestingly, themselves, they put up 2.73. So they actually were unlucky to lose in theory. Maybe they could have won 2-1. But it's the defence, I think, we're looking at mostly for Everton. So I'd like to see a little bit more. But by a little bit more, I mean, really, let's let's take some time and see how the results and numbers match up. The thing that was annoying about Everton was that it was basically two big chances. That's what they gave up. There you go, yeah. It, so you let in one, one big it. chance and these numbers can look terrible. So but, it yeah. is important to give this a bit of time. But I think, you know, they, they could have won that match. So I wouldn't I wouldn't panic yet. People with Pickford, maybe you were hoping for a clean sheet here. If they cut out what you know, one mistake that leads to a big chance, you keep a clean sheet, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Right, moving on then. We are going to go on to oh, my favourite bit now. This is my new segment for this year. I hope you enjoy it. This is the uh, over and under. So I'm going to go through some players for Seb and Rich, and they're going to tell me whether they want to go over and under on their points predictions for the next three weeks now these will always be topical players so i'm not just going to go i don't know uh caicedo or something like that and obviously there's somebody we're not going to ever pick we are going to be talking about players that um that we are potentially going to be bringing in and it's just kind of temp either tempering expectations or giving you a nice little bit of confirmation bias where you go yeah i am going to bring that player in um so the first one then and rich i'm going to go to you first reese james and I went with him first because I know how much you love him. 15 points in the next three game weeks. Will you take it or leave it? 15 points. Uh, and I actually don't have his fixtures up in front of me. But uh, 15 points. Are you taking it or leaving it? Higher or lower? Well, I've sorry. got over. So I guess I'm going to be taking it. Yeah, <laughs> so you're going to go over, sorry. Over, over 15. Yeah, I think over 15. I think there's a couple of clean sheets in there. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's going to get an attacking return. Obviously, this is all fitness dependent yeah but yeah I'd, I'd be pretty confident it'd go over 15 yeah Seb I went under because minutes maybe maybe I'm gambling on an injury maybe I'm gambling on a on a benching but only because of the minutes something interesting with James actually which we haven't mentioned is obviously he got subbed early didn't he because he was because he was tired yeah and I mean if he's gonna get regularly subbed and I know we tried to predict this with players before it happened with Trent when he was you know, first in the league um if he's going to get like 70, 80th minute subs, it's not a bad thing for a defender. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you go, oh, that means that those last 10 minutes when they could concede, I might lock in a clean sheet. But obviously the rest of the match is where they're much more likely to concede a goal because there's 80 odd percent more of match. And then mm. with someone like Rhys James, are you also maybe just nicking away a little bit chance of an attacking return? I'd be, I'd be interested to see how that evened out over the season in terms of maybe he misses five late goals that Chelsea concede, but maybe he also misses a couple of XG that he could have put up over a season in those last 10 minutes when they're pushing or something I like mean, that. It, it worked well for Trippier last year. Do you, Very true. The number Very of true. It did, subbed, it did. But yeah, I know that's just one, one example, but it, it, I think it generally, I'd prefer it. Yeah. Okay. Next one then. And I did put this person next because it just makes sense to tag him along with James is Chilwell. So uh, Rich went over for James. Seb went under 15 points. I'm going to give you the same amount of points. So 15 points for Chilwell now. So Seb, over or under 15 points for Chilwell in the next three weeks? 
over because I think per minute James will go over. So I think Chilwell will and he will get more minutes. Yeah. So you now prefer Chilwell to James? Yeah, I think I said that earlier. Just in terms oh. of like per minute, I think I, I would edge James, maybe just based on history. But, you know, I need 90 minutes out of my player if I can. And I think Chilwell gets more minutes. Rich? Yeah, over as well. Yeah, I, I over as well. I think I think they're both brilliant. We're like literally we're spl- almost splitting hairs between the two. I, I couldn't see a world where I wouldn't want to have both. The confidence. Yeah, in I, both I, I, start, I started with both, and I'd like everyone to stay away from it because it's a competitive game. But you should get both. I think by the time game week three comes, if that. I fit. wish you could play three wing backs. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shaw just got booked. By the way, lovely stuff. Um, yeah. Should have right, played you uh, well. Next one then, Rich, Isak. So, Isak, I've got 10 points for his next three game weeks. How do you feel about Isak getting 10 points in his next three game weeks? Yeah, we did talk about it a bit before we started with this one. It's the only one we slightly discussed. Um, I think it's an easy, easy over. Because while the fixtures are bad, I mean, he's going to get, you'd imagine, six points. Mm. So, he just needs to get, like, an assist or a goal, really. Seb? Yeah, two starts, one sub-appearance is five points. So one goal and a bonus gets him gets him to the ten. So I say just just clears it. We basically need one attacking return, like Rich said. But we would be close. We it wouldn't would necessarily recommend bringing him in, would we? At no. the moment, no, def definitely not. I mean, if you were going to have him, it was last week, right? And then yeah. now you should wait. They've got is it is something horrible like Arsenal, City, Brighton, or something like basically as bad as you can get. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and ten points, ten points over three weeks isn't exactly. That's pretty Impressive, bad, is it? It's pretty yeah. bad. Three no, points a week. You can get pretty bad goalkeepers. Be bad. Right, next one, Salah. So everybody watched Salah get an assist at the weekend. Uh, almost got more than that, but didn't. Obviously, he's got Bournemouth up next. I've put twenty-two points for the next three weeks. Now, obviously, Bournemouth is involved in that. So I've done twenty-two points over three weeks. So uh, let's go with Rich first. What do you think? I mean, he could do it in one game, but I'm go- I'm going under. I am going under for this Ooh, one. Interesting. Seb? So how much thought did you put into this one? Because when I was adding it up, I was really interested to see that I think my prediction came down to if he receives bonus or not. So I've gone over because I think, as Rich said, he could do it in one game. But I've gone a little bit conservative, you know, a couple of returns here and there. If he gets bonus with those, I think he just edges over. I think I had him down for about 24. Yeah, I mean, see, it's away at Newcastle, isn't it? And then, I mean, home to Villa's all right. So it's two home games. Two I goals, lo- one assist against like Bournemouth, and this is done, isn't it? <laughs> this was the hardest he... one to predict because, I mean, he literally, he, he can hit that in, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, he might have to if he keeps going off on 70. That was part of the thinking That's that came cool. in. And like Seb mentioned about bonus, he was historically never very good at bonus. No, no. I know he's creating a little bit more, but... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't account for bonus because I think it absolutely haul to consistently get bonus. And and then he's hit the 22 anyway. So, yeah, it's a reluctant under, a hopeful right. under. <laughs> so the next, one, anything. the next one, one of the people that have probably started the biggest hype train so far is, is James Madison. So James Madison, the next three game weeks, I've got 16 points because as we just saw on the uh, XG table, he wasn't really there for XG, but his XA was very, very high. So I put him as 16 points for the next three weeks. How are we feeling? Uh, Seb? Yeah, so I think this came down to, we don't know how good Burnley are. Like playing Man City at first isn't fair. 
we can go on last season, but we don't know how that transitions to the Premier League. So I think there's one easy game in there, one hard game, and then one Burnley. I had him as 15 points, so I will go under. <laughs> but I could be very, very wrong there. And I think it comes down to my assessment of Burnley and how, how Spurs may shape up. Of course, you know, they go sign Lukaku. They they start clicking with a number nine as opposed to maybe Richarlison. And, and this all changes, doesn't it? Yeah, big time. Rich, what do you think? This, this was a tricky one as well. I have gone under. Ooh. So but obviously there's unknowns. Like, is he on penalties? Yeah. I know Adam's in, in the chat and they were talking on above average that well, before the season, I had someone who suspected Madison could be on penalties. Mm. Again, it seems like speculation, just like, you know, with, with Chelsea as well. So I'm, I'm going under and I hope I'm right. Because there's so many people are going to get, get like to buy him, aren't they? Either this week or next week. Like a lot of people have already jumped. It's, it's interesting to see how he gets on in the next couple. And obviously with one game, it's so hard to know whether it's a, you know, pattern or whether it's just a one-off. It's a little early to have much confidence, but there's a nice gamble there. You know, yeah, there's yeah. there's a good edge to be found if you have conviction in your in your belief in his in his play under that that Tottenham side. Yeah. I'm just I'm always a bit skeptical when people overhype something, as in like when Onana's price was released yeah. and everyone was going absolutely crazy, like Onana, everyone's gonna have Onana. No one's got Onana, or very yeah. very very few people have Onana. And I feel like the same with Madison. He's kind of got a place in people's hearts because he's had some amazing game weeks in the game. And he, I mean, he did look good. Yeah. But you look at both of the assists and, I mean, the first one was Bordel almost offside um, for, for Romero. Yeah. Um, and then the second one I've talked about already. So I think that chart we had up, it was a, was over one XGI. So, yeah. you know, I can't, can't knock that at all. Yeah. But yeah, I think I need to see a little bit more more from Madison. So that, that's why I've gone under, but you put that well, as in that's a tricky one to do an over or under on. Like it could, <laughs> it could be 15 or 17. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Jokes at the end of the season when the actual person who wins this is Andy, because he just hits the number bang on every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and last one is Gabrielle. So Gabrielle obviously didn't start yesterday and he was on the bench, which was interesting. But then obviously Timber looks like he's got a very, he's got a long-term injury, like over four months potentially, which obviously hurts hurts Arsenal massively because they wanted to reinforce in their defensive areas there. So Gabrielle, I have put 15 points over the next three weeks. So that's two clean sheets, maybe some bonus in there a little bit. So... Seb, what do you think? Gabriel, 15 points in the next three weeks. Well, you kind of mentioned it there yourself. So I think he plays. Um, I don't know how Tim, Timber probably doesn't affect him too much, though, because if Timber is you know currently the option inverting from the left, mm-hmm. well, Gabriel's not going to come in for him. I believe Tommy Asu subbed on, which makes sense. Yep. However, it sounds like Gabriel missed out for tactical reasons. Small suggestion of discipline, but I honestly have no idea. I think one match sitting out in however long it's been when he's been absolutely nailed isn't enough to start worrying about him being rotated too much. Next week, okay, fair enough. Currently, I think he plays both. Two clean sheets would put him just under unless he supplements that with some bonus. And I think with the way Arsenal play, that's not impossible. But Saliba, if I remember correctly, might edge that. The, the, The fullbacks, obviously, and then the midfielders if they score a bunch of goals. So he may need some attacking returns and... He has very good attacking uh, potential in terms of the numbers, but three weeks is a is a very small period of time to get that in. That'd be quite noisy. So I've gone under just despite performing well, playing and keeping clean sheets. Yeah, Rich. Yeah, I mean I've gone under. I found that quite easy 
easy yeah. to do. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk <laughs> about later. I was like, oh yeah, all these reasons, and Richard's like, under mate, easy, yeah, move on. Thanks. Well, Seb just Seb just told me the reasons, so I just like, oh, oh yeah, bless you, Gabriel. No, <laughs> um, I I think the fixtures. I mean, looking at them, you, they've got Palace away, and it's Fulham at home, and then Man United. Yeah, they're at home to Man United. I just don't see. He'd basically need to score a goal. I think a different question. I don't know if we're going to cover what to do with Gabriel. Well, ju- I was literally just about to yes. say. So, Rich, another segue ruined. Rich, we're on fire. It's over <laughs> under fifteen points. They want to know what to do. So, Rich, if you were a Gabriel owner, and there is a Gabriel owner on this stream, what would you be doing with Gabriel? Seb's situation is different because I a hundred percent would sell Gabriel for James or Chilwell, and the and big reason why is. This I don't want to have, have a player who I bought in because he's nailed for a good team. Yeah. Now there's that little bit of doubt. I don't want to be sweating over... I know he had the highest XG for defenders mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, he topped the table. You know, he's a great. he was a great pick before he got dropped. I don't want to have that worry that he's going to start or not. Because he also... like He came on in the last game. I remember when they got knocked out of Europe, he... He start they they chuck him up top almost at the end of games. Mm-hmm. So I could even see if they were losing against Palace and he's on the bench, he will come on because they can just lump it up, lump yeah. it up to Gabriel. Um, him subbing on blocked Chilwell points for me. That was well, that was gutting. Exactly. I thought I might do got you, away with it. Do you yeah. want that for? I mean, he's away at Palace. It's not an incredible fixture. Yeah. I just, like I, I we, think I'd find it quite an easy sell because when you look ahead to game week three as well, and I think I do recommend people go on you know FPL.team and similar planner tools. When you go ahead to game week three, it's very hard to know who to bench and who to start. So it's going to be hard to use a transfer. You're probably going to do it on a bench player. So if you've got no other fires, and I don't think many people have, I think it's an easy sell. If you Obviously, if you have the extra 0.5. But you definitely do it this week. I'll do it this week. I mean, Chilwell might even rise tonight. I'll probably even do it tonight. The reason I say Seb's situation is different is he has the two people that I'd want. Yeah. A lot of the other players I want in the future are going to be like Newcastle defenders. Newcastle have got awful fixtures at the moment. So I think in a situation like that, I'd probably w- rather wait. Right. Yeah, so- I was just going to very rudely interject there um, with, as you said, yeah, I think James and Chilwell started, was very happy with that. Obviously, I had no idea Gabriel was going to be benched, especially not at two minutes to half past six. No idea. No one told me. Um, I always had my eyes. Say Gabriel had been nailed scores against Palace, whatever it is, I'd always had my eyes on that 1.5 million means I can go from Gabriel to Trippier in game week five, obviously assuming no price changes, but there were a few options I have for that money, so I didn't have to be tied into it. So for me, it would be a question of do I bring something like that forwards? But if I bring something like that forwards, I'm probably just benching the player I bring in because I want my double Chelsea. I've got a stupid man who's still good until like I think game week four it is. So I personally am quite happy to sit the thing that might push me would be if he starts looking like dropping in price. Now, a few years ago, I was very, very sensitive to price changes and probably overplayed it. In the last few years, I think it's something I've improved about my FPL game is, you know, chilling out a bit about those, especially now with the the emergence of leaks. Like that information is so much more valuable. But someone like Gabriel in, this, in these early weeks, when I've got exact money to someone I know I'm going to want, and if Gabriel does start becoming a rotation threat or what have you, is that 4.9 going to stick? Is it going to cause me problems? The real answer is probably chill out, but I, I will definitely give it some thought. Yeah. 
Right, moving on to our teams now. So this is my bus team at the moment. This is with no transfers, obviously. So I've got Turner in goal. Bench in Pickford playing Turner against Sheffield United at home. Uh, Chilwell, Saliba and Estupanen at the back. I've got Martinelli, Rashford, Matoma, Saka, Bruno in the middle, Haaland and Pedro up top uh, with Shaw, Colwell and Osula on the bench. Um, I'm not going to be making any transfers this week unless I've got some injuries and even then I probably struggle to. Um, I want to roll and go into game week three, being able to make some transfers if I can. Um, but even then, like Rich has just said, I might be going into game week three and I might be struggling to make some transfers, to be perfectly honest. But um, I still rather have that option and, and maybe make one and save two for game week four if I need to. So um, I feel perfectly happy with this team. Haaland is captain. Obviously, the biggest omission, which I didn't realise quite how many people own Salah before I went to Fest, but quite a few do, um, is there's, there's no Liverpool here. So I'm just going to be completely ignoring that fixture, to be perfectly honest. Um Apart from that, I'm pretty happy with this team. I don't see anything I'd really want to change. I don't see any glaring things I want to do. Obviously, I started with Chilwell, which is brilliant, so at least I've already got him. Um, yeah, there's nothing here that I feel is potentially weak, apart from having... Can I ask you having... two questions? No, no, you can't. I've got two. <laughs> Go Can on. I ask one of them? What is it? All right, so my first one, I'll start with the boring one. Oh, actually, they're both quite Keeper. boring. No, so Asula. Oh, yeah, if yeah. If you find out he starts on Friday night... Yeah. Would you start him? Would you push him to first sub? No and no. No? No. He 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 got he got himself about in the game, but I have no confidence in him whatsoever. What so about no. second sub? I told you, you it was a boring you one. First sub, surely. You just give him, like, I mean, because Colwell, you've chosen to bench for a reason. Sure. You've got to no. reckon the city's no. got maybe a bit would, more potential if he's not... going to get 70 minutes or something. No. And Forrest were not as bad at home as they were away last year. So, no, there is no way I'm going to put Osula closer up. Okay. That was the first question. Yeah. The second one Do you regret Colwell? Or do you have a James plan? No, I don't regret Colwell, actually, because the, the James plan could still be moving a stupid and up to James and having that triple defence. Triple. Yeah. Okay. I, and that genuinely, I could do that. Um, or I always... The only time I thought I might regret it is if it meant that I couldn't get Jackson and Jay or whatever it was. But I could always move Colwell up. That's the other thing. If, if James is proven to be that essential, I've got all that money in the bank. I could easily move Colwell up. But the idea was to play... Colwell and Chilwell and then potentially have like a Jackson or something like that come in so I knew you'd ask about Colwell but I still I, I liked the way Colwell played and like I said if Chilwell and James turn into absolute injury nightmares which they are more than capable of doing I'm just hoping Colwell obviously plays a bit more but we'll see what happens of course, yeah, I d- I of course and that's it. a good point you make on you could sell Colwell yeah, yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't but he's basically your Rico Lewis if you see what I mean as in he's just a 4.5 defender yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I feel okay about it, to be honest. Um, Rich, we go on to your team. Um, can't wait to see whether you play Archer. Um, talk us through <laughs> talk us <laughs> through your best team at the moment. Save that save that till after I've read my team out. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I've got, um, I'm also starting Turner and, and benching Pickford. That was yeah. obviously the plan um, before this week. I'm not upset about Pickford. Yeah. Um, Defence, I've got Estupinan, James and Chilwell. But midfield, Mbumo, Martinelli, Saka's vice-captain, Rashford and Bruno, and then Pedro and Haaland up front with Haaland captain. I've got, yeah, Shaw first sub, Lewis second sub, and Archer third sub. <laughs> the thing with Man City players is we're probably not going to get any kind of leaks or anything like that for Man City because there's this next three game weeks are 
on Friday night and Man City play obviously Saturday or or later. I think the first one's at like 8 p.m. on a Saturday. I think the Newcastle game. Hmm. So I think it's unlikely we're going to get leaked. So yeah, Lewis is pretty much going to be fodder for me now. Um, although we've got the Super Cup midweek, so who knows? Who knows what happens there? I can't really see a transfer. Um, I did. I think I'd have been tempted if Jota got more minutes. If Jota looked a bit better, I think he was one I thought I could knee jerk on. Yeah. Martinelli. I don't think it's the week to be bringing in Edison because I think Turner at home to Sheffield United is probably as not as good as it gets, but it's one of the better goalkeeper fixtures this this week anyway. Um, so most not, likely uh, I'm going to be Osula just rolling. Playing, Say it again. Not with Osula playing. Not with Osula playing. No. <laughs> that's that's true actually. If he knocks out straight into that one. I mean, imagine sheets. he wipes out your clean yeah, sheet. I know. You yeah, you're going to be. <laughs> um, interesting. You mentioned there about the the Liverpool midfielder. It's because there might be a few people that want to move to that Liverpool midfielder. It, it looks a little bit dodgy. I don't know. It's against Bournemouth, and that's the problem. I suppose if you had that plan all along, but you've got no intention of doing it, have you, Rich? No. I mean, I'd made my decision on Salah before before game week one. I said, no matter what happens, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna tear my team up unless something had happened like a Haaland injury. Yeah. And yeah, I just don't see. I really don't see a need to do it. I mean, I, I like my midfielders. I think Martinelli could be one that's not. I don't think I'm. I don't imagine I'm going to keep him very long. Yeah. Um. Although it's half time in the Man United game. You know, we've not hardly watched any of that either. Um. They're probably going to be a longer hold because we've got a couple of decent fixtures. But yeah, I I just don't see it. I think I'd instantly regret it. You know, if I bring in Jota or Gakpo yeah. and they don't do anything huge like 15 points plus i'm going to be sat there with him in my team with an yeah. awful run of fixtures yeah transfer behind yeah and i wouldn't captain them so yeah, yeah. unfortunately i'm not i'm not even that nervous to be honest i know some people are nervous but i'm i'm not <laughs> we'll see what happens won't we we'll there's see not next many week people, there's not many people with them it's only one game we, yeah, we've gone exactly. weeks without harland like we did yeah. it before the world cup and it was it was fine he got one point Ooh, exactly. i can't wait to talk about that in game week eight there is like a solid period where no Haaland might be a decent play. Right. Go again. Speaking of decent plays, here you are then, Seb. Talk us through your best team. Oh, buddy. You're <laughs> kind. Um, yeah, so I, I'll just pull it up so I can actually uh, talk about something interesting. So I have Edison in goal. I do have Turner on the bench. I haven't really thought about that. Maybe maybe I should be playing Turner, but um, Edison at the moment, which feels like the default pick. James and Chilwell both starting with a Stupinan as well. A midfield of Rashford, Saka, Bruno Fernandes, Havertz and um, Bumo. Haaland captain as we stand with Saka on the vice. Bit of a carryover from last week, although might still be the best shout. Jao Pedro joins Haaland up front. As mentioned, Turner is on my bench. Gabriel is on my bench because I'm playing James, Chilwell and a Stupinan. Bolduck and Mbama make up the final spots. No, no, I will not be playing Mbama. No, I will not be moving up the, him up the list. Uh, what I could do, I guess, is I don't think I'd make that Gabriel transfer, as mentioned, unless, unless I get panicked about money. The only other real thing is, which has just mentioned how he wouldn't necessarily have a Liverpool player. If someone, I'm not going to have Salah. I'd love to have Salah, but just this week, and I'd rather have other players the rest of the time. So I'll, I'll survive this week. If someone was more confidently nailed in that attack say a Jota or a or a Diaz there could be a cheeky little Havertz sideways move oh, sideways is the wrong word isn't it but move there but 
I'd be asking myself why I did that. Is it because Havertz didn't score in game week one? Well, then why did I pick Havertz if all I was expecting was a was a goal in that first week? I think part of the reason I picked him was chance of him being up front, sort of supplementing the idea that still attacking from eight, he could be okay. But realistically, having watched the highlights of the match, looked at some of the numbers, I don't think there's much in it between Havertz and Martinelli, at least so far. And the plan has always been by about game week five, I probably don't own Gabriel. I probably don't own Havertz. Maybe even Jao Pedro has moved. So I don't think I need to do that early. So I'd imagine I panic and have Luis Diaz come Friday. I, I didn't even have a chance to thank Seb earlier, actually. A oh, big reason I didn't go for Havertz. So I was on Martinelli oh, uh, most of the end of the week. <laughs> I saw the spread spread betting odds for Havertz. And I started thinking, oh, may, maybe Havertz. He saves money and he's you know he's got better odds of scoring. And then you sent a message in WhatsApp just saying, I don't think Havertz will play. I'm not convinced Havertz plays up front. Yeah. And I read that and then I was thinking about it while working. I was like, yeah, Seb, Seb might be right here. I didn't ask any more questions about it. It just got me thinking. You're welcome, you mate. I, I, three I, points, I, I took that bullet for you for Havertz in, I think. So yeah, mine was, you, you were thinking about the money. Mine was, yeah, I didn't necessarily think he'd play up front. There's a chance, right? So I was happy to take those percentages. Mine was more, is it 0.5 cheaper than Martinelli? And as I've mentioned, a lot of my team was set up with that 1.5 in the bank. So if I dropped a 0.5 to get Martinelli, I no longer had, say, a Jackson accessible from Jao Pedro. I'd have to be going for a 6.5. Uh, I couldn't go Gabriel straight, straight to Trippier. So I'd probably have to be like downgrading Martinelli rather than having a few more options in that spot to access the two players I was maybe most looking at pre-game week one in a couple of weeks' time. So, um, hey, you might accuse me of overthinking, but I'm satisfied with that pick. Havertz is only here for a couple of other weeks anyway, so I'll, I'll hope for some points. Yeah, lovely stuff. Now looking at the com- community team. Now this is weird for Seven Rich because normally it's them uh, talking about this team, but I obviously I've seen this, this is yet. now. Yeah, I know. So this is now. Uh, to Nick Pope, have they? Yeah, no, no, they they've done well this week, which hurts. Um, it's, a, it's a really strong team, man. It's it nice is. To put together. Yeah. It's, so they've got. It's like a lot of sensible picks, and then there's a bit of jam as well, isn't there? So they've got Onana in goal. They've got Chilwell, Gabriel, and a Stupanan. Uh, Rashford, who's playing now, Matoma, Martinelli, Saka, and Madison. And then Watkins and Haaland up top, and Haaland was captain. They got James Kabore, Mubama, and Turner on the bench. Um, they've done well this week. I think they're beating all of us so far. Yeah, they should be. Basically, all their players are returned. But obviously, they've only got Rashford. Uh, so it's a good team, and I'm worried because I spoke to quite a few of them at, um, at Fest. And they were very excited and they were very motivated. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good team. One yeah. one question I'd have is that, I mean, I almost didn't get to transfer Haaland out for a leak last season because I was doing the community team while yeah. Seb was off. I've not seen the same commitment here with Gabrielle. J- just, just saying. Ooh. They also don't listen to Andy, to be fair. Yeah, that's why. That's <laughs> um, do you well over a season, but it's small sample size, isn't it? So, um, no, it's, a, it's a very good team. I think I was no one has a for small sample size mentioned this week. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice team. So well done, the team that did it. If they also did Gabriel Saliba, we'd have been in a lot of trouble. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, yes. Right, on to the last bit of the uh, of the stream now. So we're going on to the Q&A. So if you've got a question in the chat, please chuck it in. Uh, above average, FPL. Boy, Adam is um, he's already and chucked a super, in a super chat. chat saying answer Scouse Mouse, please. Uh, so I'll just scroll back up to see uh, what Scouse Mouse is asking. Um, he says, um, do 
Uh, he's just—he's asking lots of questions. Should I keep stones or do I replace him? So, Rich, what do you think? Does he keep stones or not? Well, we got Super Cup this week, so you can see what Pep says. Well, you can see the lineup, yeah, and then you can see what Pep says. I—I I can't remember if it's Stones or Diaz. I feel like it might have been Diaz actually, but there was one of them that's not expected to play in the Super Cup, but then expected to be back for the weekend. Stones was back fine, I think. He was back in training. Yeah. Fine. So was Diaz, was Diaz concussion? Yeah, was the last yeah concussion time. protocol. Yeah. So yeah, it might have been yeah Diaz actually. Yeah, but that's one I'd wait for the Super Cup. Yeah, and you've got the press conferences um, on Friday during the day. Uh, okay, so he's already done a transfer. So he's already taken Mings out. Uh, okay, well he's he out long term, whether, and now he doesn't know whether to do stones. Well, not for a hit, no. no. Oh yeah, gosh, no. no. Seb, unless he's got a load of looting defenders on the bench. What what already said? Um, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Tony's almost scored. Yeah, I know. Don't. Uh, <laughs> Tony D says, do I worry about Martinez Richarlison or move out? Uh, I'm assuming that's Martinez is in goal, Villa, and then Richarlison. So he's got those two. He sees them as weak links in his team. Should he move them out now or should he just hold tight so far? Uh, Seb. Uh, unless there's something I'm missing, I don't think there's a particular reason to move them out, especially Richarlison. That's a... That's a nice value pick in outer position. You'll know if they sign Lukaku or or something like that. If they don't, sure, you might have liked him to be as involved as Madison was or something like that. But he's still playing up front for a team that's got Madison in, for an attacking team, for a top, insert your London bias number here, club in the country. I, I think there's there's more legs in that and, unless you get a real reason to move away early. Yeah. Uh, Rich, uh, Serban says, what do I do with Timber? I mean, it's an ACL, isn't it? So he needs to go. I, I actually don't know his price. I feel like it might be five. I'm going to chat. I mean, if you can get five. to, I, I hate to be repetitive, but I would go for one of the Chelsea wingbacks, fullbacks, whatever they are, you know, yeah. if possible. Outside of that, it's really tricky. Um, I was thinking as well, I mean, you could always see what happens with Gradio in the, in the Super Cup as well. Mm. Yeah, but then you're pro- it's probably a bit of risk if you haven't got much depth because... There's rumours that Bulldog might have a knock. We've obviously got no Burnley and Luton defenders this week. So it is it is a week, actually, where defenders are actually quite important, um, as in transfers. But yeah. there's not many putting the hand up apart from the Chelsea defenders. Unless, of course, you haven't got a Stupinan, for example. Yeah, that's true. But then that's tough because it's only two weeks, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's not much of a, much of a long term. And I think, I mean, I saw his ear, it's huge. So... Yeah, yeah. defenders are going to be very popular topic, but it's fixtures are making them tricky at the moment for the next yeah. week or two anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's no Liverpool defenders you want, especially when you look at the price. No, exactly. Um, right, lovely stuff. Chat, thank you so much for joining us. I think we peaked at about 300 people, which is fantastic considering the, the United game was on as well. We peaked at half time, so thank you very much for joining us if you did. Uh, and thank you so much if you're listening back after the fact as well. It does happen where obviously we do Monday nights. It's nice to sometimes watch the games while we're streaming. Uh, sometimes it's not always quite such a prominent game either. Uh, but obviously we appreciate that we're watching it while we're doing it. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Rich, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed your evening with us. Yeah, I did. I've been looking forward to it. It was We didn't even mention, but I actually enjoyed having FPL back. It was, yeah. it was, it was quite fun. And I'm looking forward to this game week as well, even though it's only nine games this yeah. weekend. No, exactly. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot that. Uh, and Seb, I hope you enjoyed your evening as well. Yeah, I really did. I don't know what Richie's talking about, though. I'm a couple of points behind him. FPL, FPL is terrible. Where's the summer? I want it back. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I mean, 
if I'm honest, if I was to extend that, um, I think the thing I'm, I enjoy most is coming on here and chatting to you two about it. So what an absolute privilege and, and thanks Correct. very much to, to you and everyone listening to letting us do it again for another for another year. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I think someone's already put it in the chat. Make sure you do like it, guys. That would really help us. So thank you very much. Uh, we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>